The following audio is from Lifehouse Church. We hope you are blessed by this message and encourage you to connect with us on social media or lifehousechurch.org. What do you do when all hope is lost? I mean, the Avengers, I mean, they step in and they save the day when all hope is lost. So what happens when the Avengers are being torn to pieces you know, and there's no one to step in and save the day. And this isn't just in movies, right? Like meaning when you're at the movie theater and you're walking out, hanging your head, like, well, that was discouraging. <laughs> That's hopeless. That's not good, right? And uh, what we're doing in this sermon series is this. We realize that some of these movies, uh, in fact, many movies, there's a message that resonates with us. That's why we like watching them. And so we like the Avengers because we kind of find hope that the good guys win and there's heroes that step in and rescue us when things seem hopeless. There's other movies that speak to you because they have a message about them that transcends the theater, right? Right? So a picture is worth a thousand words. What's a movie worth? And, and so we thought we would take some of these movies and, and just kind of show you the clips and, and, and show you that there is a message inside that movie. And we believe that in those messages, there might be an intersection between what you're seeing on the screen and what God wants to say to you. And so we just wondered, what if we you know, showed you some of these movies and clips and, and then talked about it. And here, here's what I see. There are moments when you're walking out going, that is hopeless. And not just because we're using a movie clip and not just because I say so, you know so. You know so because every time you listen to the news and every time you open up your news feed and you start reading, your heart starts racing a little faster. You start getting a little more overwhelmed. You start feeling a little distressed. Let me, let me make this point. I, I feel like I don't need to overstate it, but I would be um, failing if I didn't at least really draw out the point. Like just two days ago, you turned on the news and you heard about another mass shooting. And some of you, you have friends like we do in Virginia Beach. And you just immediately, the first thing you do is go, does anybody I know, did anything happen to them? Are they okay? And so I started shooting texts. Are you guys okay? Is everything okay? And, um, but, but here, here's what we saw, right? A, a, a shooter goes in and kills 12 people. And then he's killed. And no one wins. Like there's no good moment in that story. It just all ends badly. And, and then some people, because stories end badly, Somebody needs to be blamed. And since you can't blame the shooter, what do you do? You, you blame guns. And so then you have one group of people that goes, we need to get all the guns off the street. And then you have another group of people that are like, forget that. Everybody needs guns. And both sides are both feeling hopeless. And so the only way to fix a really bad situation is to t disarm everybody or to arm everybody. And who wins? And then we've got other situations. Maybe, you know, the abortion issue is heavy on your heart. Because you've seen about, you've seen the news about laws getting passed in states like New York that they want to, they want to give rights to take the life of an unborn child all the way up until birth and, and maybe even consider whether or not you could take the life of a baby that was meant to be aborted after it's born. And, and for some, you, you're hearing that news and you're like, that's infanticide and this is horrific in our nation. But then there are others in the debate that are saying, yeah, but now there are other states that are trying to take away all of our rights and they're trying to shut down clinics and, you know, and they have like an argument that says like, no, you're, you're destroying our constitutional rights if you take this away from us. And, and so, but nobody, nobody wins. 
Like everybody is living scared, feeling that this is the end of the world and talk about politics. And you're kind of like sitting there going, I can't believe this guy's going through all of this stuff. Well, look, I mean, not much worse, right, than what you're seeing. So the the politics side of it, some of you, maybe you're on the right uh, side of the aisle, and your perspective is that there is a deep state conspiracy that has been brewing since before the election that has been trying to undermine the legitimacy of our elections and uh, that there's a weaponization of our intelligence communities that was used to undermine a candidate for election and then leading a treasonous coup against him for two and a half years. And some of you, you that's where you're at. And then others of you you, you, you believe just the opposite. You believe that there's a partnership between a candidate and foreign powers that got someone elected. And now that person who's been elected is basically leading the nation like a tyrant, just basically overthrowing um, all checks and balances and doing what he wants. And, and there's people who actually believe very strongly either side. And if you hear that, you're kind of like, man, no one's winning. Like both, both sides agree on this central concept. Things are going really badly. And we're heading in the wrong direction. And there's kind of a universal belief that the world will end badly. And maybe you haven't really unpacked it before. And some of you are like, man, this guy's really pessimistic. Well, let me, let me unpack this though for a moment, right? Like n- n- whether you believe it's going to be as a result of climate change, right? The end result of climate change is that if we don't do something immediately, the whole thing is going to fall apart. Like it's going to get destroyed. We're just going to burn up. And, and you believe that the whole world is headed toward ultimate ruin. Or maybe your issue is more of a global nuclear proliferation and that war is going to end the world and bombs are gonna blow up and the whole thing's gonna collapse. Or maybe because of your religious views or your faith views, you believe that there's gonna be some religious war that's gonna end all wars and the whole world's gonna get burned up in fire. Either way, you still agree on the same general principle that universally people believe that there's an apocalypse coming and the whole thing's gonna end badly. Hey, welcome to Lifehouse. Really good to have you. Uh, as, as a little positive, I, I know that the whole thing is ending really badly, but if you scratch your um, computer screen, if you're watching us online, we put a scratch and sniff feature on it, so it's going to smell like popcorn. <laughs> Try it right now. <laughs> I was hoping, like, wouldn't that be funny? Uh, for all of you, uh, your, your program, if you pull it out right now and you scratch it, it'll smell like popcorn. Try it. Some of you are like, no, it smells like popcorn anyway. All right, I just thought I'd have to, I have to break the mood here. This is getting too intense. Here's the deal. So what do we do in light of the fact that we are living with extreme positions and extreme challenges and bad news everywhere? Now, I want to be really clear. I, I wasn't just using one of those stories. Like, this hurts. I'm, I'm with you. I often, I get caught up in this stuff, and I start getting overwhelmed. When I start playing in my mind all the different conspiracy theories and what might be happening, and I'm like, oh, my goodness, this is bad, really bad. And so one or two, usually people go one or two directions. They get a bunker mentality, and you become a prepper. And you start digging under your house, storing up ammo and water and food because man if everything's going down at least I'll survive I don't know why I want to survive if it's going badly like I ain't preparing anything just I hope I hope it happens quick that's all I'm saying right and uh, and so you get this bunker mentality of living in fear cowering every moment of the day or you throw caution to the wind you're like who cares then let's just enjoy the moment and you party 
And I don't know what year you're supposed to party like. Does anybody have any idea anymore? Like, do we party like it's 1984? Do you party like it's 1999? Or I don't, somebody knows. Somebody, somebody online, they know. Um, they're going to they're gonna type it in. So here's the deal, right? Like, we just go like, let's party because let's just enjoy the moment because it's not going to last. And there was, a, there was a group of churches that were living in a season that felt like it was the end of the world. And... A guy named John, he was a follower of Jesus. He was one of the first followers of Jesus. And he had been imprisoned because of his faith in Jesus. And he was isolated onto an island. Uh, Not like Maui, more like Alcatraz. He was in isolation. And while he was on the island, in isolation, he had a a dream. But while he was awake, a vision, uh, a revelation. And that revelation, he wrote it out. After he was finished seeing it, he wrote it out in a book that became the last book of the Bible. If you don't know much about the Bible, the Bible has 66 books. It ends with the book of Revelation, and it's basically the story of the apocalypse. And if you first read it, you think it's all about like the end of the world. But he was writing to churches that thought they were living in the end of the world. And he was writing to them because they were suffering extreme persecution, because things were falling apart, because things were being destroyed. People were being murdered and slaughtered and martyred. And so for them, every day when they woke up, it was the end. It was the end of the world as we know it. And it, they didn't feel fine. They thought they was going to end badly. And so John writes to these churches and to one of those churches, to the church in the city of Philadelphia. No, not in Pennsylvania. Ancient city of Philadelphia in what is now modern day Europe and Greece. He writes this. I know that you have little strength. I know that you're like... Spider-Man and you're like, I'm sorry. And like, you're about to just fall apart. Okay. I know you have little strength yet up to this point, you have kept my word and have not denied my name. And so he's writing this to them because they feel hopeless and helpless. But he's saying, I'm not giving you this revelation so that it could become the stuff of your nightmares or make you worried and upset. They're already living a nightmare and they were already upset. He was writing to them to give them hope to give them instruction. What do you do when you feel like the world is falling apart? In fact, let's take it a step further. What is God saying about these issues? What should the church say about laws and crises and shootings? It may surprise you if you study the Bible and you listen to God's word, what God says in the midst of those situations. And some of you are kind of on the edge of your chair here because you're kind of like, "Uh uh-oh, what is Patrick about to say? Where are we going to go with this? I want to read to you the words of Jesus. In this revelation, he says, I saw him. John said, I saw Jesus. And I fell at his feet as though, as though dead. Then he placed his right hand. And the right hand would be symbolic of God's power and God's strength. He goes, he placed his strength, his right hand on me. And he said to me, do not be afraid. I am the first and the last. What he's saying here is, I'm the beginning of the story and I'm the end of the story. I'm the first page, I'm the last page, I'm the introduction, I'm the conclusion. I am the living one. Oh, I was dead, but behold, I am alive forever and ever. And not only am I alive, even though I was dead, I hold the keys of death and of Hades. The word Hades is another word for hell. I hold eternity in my hands. And then he goes like this to John. He goes, write therefore this down. Write down what you have seen, I mean what's already happened, what is now, what's currently happening, and what will take place later. 
So here's where he's going with this. He goes, John, all these churches and all these people and all the people that are watching the news are losing their minds. They're living in fear. They're scared. They're, they're cowering in fear. They're building bunkers underground. They're living as if it's the end of the world right now and they just want to hide or they're throwing caution to the wind and they're just kind of embracing every desire and every, every you know, kind of pleasure of the moment because this is all you've got. He goes, so I want to challenge you to challenge them, to encourage them, to talk to them, to be bold. To, that they don't have to live in fear. And he goes, yes, in fact, not only do you have to not live in fear, you can live victorious. That's actually the whole point. If, if you wanted me to summarize 22 chapters of the book of Revelation, I can give it to you in two words. I bet you had no idea. Maybe some of you have a, never read it. Some of you that have read it, you're like, I never want to read it again. So I'm going to summarize to you in two words. The whole point of the book of Revelation is that you live victorious. When you feel scared out of your mind. When you feel like it's the end of the world, you can live victorious. But we don't live victorious, do we? No, we live defeated. Oh, you can kind of like inspirationally go like, you know, I'm, I'm victorious. You know, you kind of like kind of pump yourself up, but we don't. No, we live defeated. And it's because just like in the movies, right, there is a real enemy out to destroy us. There's enemies, you know, like maybe some of you, you're on the Iron Man side. Any, any Iron Man fans here? Really? That doesn't sound like much of a fan. Like, boo, ha, ha. Good, because I don't like, I mean, Iron Man's not my jam anyway. Any Iron Man fans? Yeah. All right. How about Captain America fans? Woo, woo, woo. Woo. Yeah. That's what I'm talking about. Let's be a little more patriotic. Man. He's, I do. He's, yeah. That's my jam. Captain America? Captain America online? All right, I got Captain America. Those of you online, you don't know that some of the guys that shoot the camera, they're Captain America fans. Yeah. All right. So, but we got, we got war sometimes. You got civil war. Our man, Captain America. Captain America's always going to come out on top. Just saying. All right. But here's the deal, right? Like our challenge is that we have an enemy that is at war from within. You and I are at war, but it's not an external war. It's an internal war. And, and, and we were born defeated. Sin lived inside of every one of us. Sin is a spiritual force that every one of us are born with that dro drove us away from God toward doing what we want. Now you say, that doesn't sound like that big of a deal, except that when you do what you want, you pursue, you pursue things that destroy you. And you know it. You don't need me to convince you. We do things that make us feel guilty. We do things that bring shame. We do things that tear us apart from the inside out. And the end result of sin is not just death, but eternal death. That's bad news. And if you had to get up from the theater right now, you'd walk out like you just came out of Infinity War and you'd be like, if you haven't seen it, you get the point. When things are going really badly and all hope is lost, you call for help. And in this context, you call for help beyond this world. You, you reach out to someone beyond this world and you hope that someone from another world comes and saves the day. And that is our story. That when all hope was lost, when our world had gone from bad to worse, and when our world is going from bad to worse, we call for help beyond this world. And God stepped into time and into our world to take on our fight. God took on our human skin. Jesus, who became one of us, took on our suffering our sin, the consequence of our sin and our eternal judgment so that he died 
in our place. And that's a really bad place to be, right? Like when God who's supposed to step in and save the day dies, it really seems like all hope is lost. But Jesus did not come just to die, but to defeat death so that death would die and sin would be broken in our lives and eternal judgment paid for once for all. So that not only did Jesus die, but he rose from the dead and in his resurrection, he kills death. In his resurrection, he frees us from sin and he pays the penalty for our eternal suffering so that anyone who believes in Jesus by faith is forgiven of sin and given new life, forever life. Because when you believe in Jesus, God's spirit enters into your spirit and now you begin to live a new life through faith in Jesus and you have a confidence that Jesus, who was dead, right? This is what he says. He goes, I was dead, but I am alive forever and ever. I never die at this point. I win, right? So here's the thing, right? Like, I, I love this. So when you believe in Jesus by faith, now the same life that lives in Jesus begins to live in you and you begin to live a new kind of life. You begin to live victorious even when the world is collapsing around you and even when it seems like things are going from bad to worse. But this isn't just about an end game. This is about right now, how do we live? And so let's talk about that. Let's make this practical. So I want to jump back in to the passage where he's writing to the church in the city of Philadelphia, and he says this, since you have kept my command to endure patiently. So we're gonna, I want to, don't miss that. Since you have kept my command, I, I told you to do this. I commanded you to endure patiently. I will also keep you from the hour of trial that is going to come upon the whole world. He goes, so this whole world is going to end. But the way it's going to, here's the deal. I'm going to come and I'm going to do battle against evil. So before I destroy evil, I'm going to take you out. So I don't destroy you with the evil I'm going to destroy. But here's why I'm, I'm rescuing you. Here's why I'm saving you. Because you kept my command to endure patiently. So I, I tried to think really deeply about the, kind of the core application of this. And I just, so I just gave you this principle, endure patiently. You guys see what I did there? I thought that was profound. The key for you, if you're going to have God save the day in your life, is to endure patiently. Now, that just sounds like, what that sounds like is like, don't quit. You're almost there. The clock's almost out. Just make it a little further. But he's, he's giving you a little bit more of a challenge. He's going like this. Endure patiently. Not just stay with me, but stay with me courageously. Stay with me patiently. Be willing to endure when things are going wrong. You, out of you're like me, you played sports, and there were certain games that when you got in the game, just every call seemed to go against you. Now, maybe you deserve for it to go against you, but it feels like every call went against you. And, and like we were in the dugout and at some point you just start hanging your head like we don't have any chance. There's no way we can win this game because everything is against us. The odds are against us. They're better than we are and they've got the refs on their side. I quit. I don't want to play anymore. And so you have to get up the bat. So you just drag your back, your bat up to the batter's box. and You're like, like what? what's the point, right? And the point is that's how many of us are living. You got the bat on your shoulders and you're just sitting there like, are you kidding me? I don't even know why I get out of bed anymore. And some of you, you're putting your hope in elections, in your vote, in your politics, in your views, in your moral views. You're putting your hope in the next person appointed to the Supreme Court or in a decision of the Supreme Court. Some of you are putting your hope in a promotion or a friend or you're hoping that uh, you're gonna find out that you have a rich aunt who died and left you a giant inheritance. Like you're putting your hope in someone or something hoping that they'll turn the tide of how the refs call the game and that'll save the day. But that's not what is being written to the church in Philadelphia. He says, no, endure patiently. 
do the right thing and do it long enough. What do I mean by that? Let's make this really practical. When you believe that the refs are calling the game against you, you start to play the game the way they do. So if the only way to get ahead in business is to cheat, you look around. If those are the rules of the game, then I'm gonna start playing by their, their rules. I'll start cutting corners. I'll start cheating. If the, only way to, if the only way to compete with classmates is they cheat, so I've got to cheat, that's how, the rules get, that's how the rules of the game changed. But when you're enduring patiently, you look around at everyone else cutting corners and you say, I will do the right thing. I will endure patiently even when right looks wrong. Even when doing the right thing sets me back, I will do the right thing because it's the right thing. I'm going to endure patiently and I'm not going to curse the refs. I'm not going to get angry at those making the calls. I will play the game right even if it looks wrong. I'm going to endure patiently. You might think that when you're doing that, you're on the losing side. Like this whole thing ends badly. How, how am I ever going to get ahead if I can't, if they have the upper hand every time? If, they're, if they cheat and they're allowed to cheat, how am I ever going to get ahead? Well, that's because you didn't read the end of the story. You didn't watch the, the sequel. You didn't see how the story ended. So I'm going to, I hate to break it to you. We're not going to show you a clip, but I'm going to give you the spoiler alert. I'm going to read it. Check this out. Jumping in. Revelation chapter 20. This is like the end of the Bible. Like we're literally a chapter and a half away from the whole end. He'll talk them. He'll, that's the devil. Like the ultimate intelligent evil. He'll talk them into going to war and will gather a huge army. By the way, this isn't just like metaphorical. Like this is like God's giving you a little snapshot into how the whole story is going to end. He's, he's going to, the devil's going to gather this huge army million strong, they'll stream across the earth, like meaning it's going to take generations to get this battle ready. And, and, and then you're going to start seeing it. They're going to get pe evil people into political power. They're going to get evil people into positions of influence. And over generations, the armies are going to begin to build. And then there's going to be this climactic moment when evil starts traveling across the globe. It starts spreading. And it seems like there's, this battle is going to end badly. And, and they're streaming across the earth. They, they get on ships. They're marching. There's people flying. They surround and lay siege to the camp of God's holy people. The beloved city. Don't change the screen yet. Keep it on. Go back. Go back. So here it is. You've been in the movie theater. Two, two hours and 55 minutes of a three-hour movie. And the whole movie has been building up to this battle. And evil has been doing all this stuff. It's this giant strategic move where finally you get to the moment where you're like, okay, now we're going to have all-out war. You ready? Do I have you on the edge of your seat? All right. Now we'll change the slide. Here we go. They'll no sooner get there. Then fire pours out of heaven, the whole thing ends. And burns them all up. You're like, wait, what? So like two hours and 55 minutes, we've been getting ready for this giant battle. And, and literally God's been over there like, look, I got all eternity. Take your time. Just let me know when you arrive. He's like, oh, you're, you guys are all ready? This is like, if, if any of you remember Mike Tyson fights, right? Like this is like in his early years, when he was really, really good, not like biting off ears. Like this is his early years, right? Like, you're tuning in, and you're like, oh, it's going to be a great fight. He walked, ding, 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 <laughs> boop, like seven seconds. We paid for that? 
Some of you have no idea what I'm talking about. Just like the epic boxers who just like one punch, the whole match is over, right? Like that's this. Like there's all this buildup. People storming into the, the arena, people paying and getting their popcorn and getting all ready for the bout. And then like ding, ding, ding. <laughs> Game over. That's it. Match done. Game match set. And then he goes, and then he piles on. He's like, not only does God pour out fire from heaven and just destroy all of them, but then he takes the devil. Like, I, I'm going to match this to like one of my favorite scenes from all the Avengers movies when the Hulk fights with Loki. And he's like, he's like, I am a God. Stop this. And he's like, <laughs> and like, we quote this all the time or like we imitate him. And like Loki's on the ground. He's like, <laughs> and then the Hulk walks away and he's like, puny God. Like, that's like our absolute favorite. We, in fact, when we watch it, we rewind that over and over, like just keep laughing hysterically. That's basically like, that's like God here. He's going like this. He's like, and then I took the devil and we, who deceived all of them and I threw them into the lake fire and brimstone. And he's joining the beast and the false prophet and the three of them in torment around the clock for ages without end. God's like, that's kind of how it ends. Just in case you wondered. And, no, no, so, so there's, a, there's a point. How do you play when you know how it ends? Look, most of you, if you've ever like devoted or devoted, <laughs> you, here's where you are, devas. Uh, you're like, you've ever like recorded the game and then somebody ruined it because they told you the score? Because there's no suspense anymore, right? Like I hate to, spoiler alert. God wins. Okay. And if you believe in Jesus by faith, you win. No more suspense. No more edge of your seat. Oh no, oh no, who's going to get elected? What is the, what is the Supreme Court going to do? How are they going to handle that issue? God wins. If you believe in him, you win. So endure patiently. All it really comes down to is which side you're playing on. And don't be a Loki. Every single movie, you have no idea which side he's on. Like, one day he's over here, and he's over here. Like, no, like, you don't get to keep changing sides to make up your mind. Get on the right side. You want to get on the winning side, you win. Even if it looks like you're losing right now. Because we know how the story ends. Spoiler alert, God wins. And if you believe in him, you win. And so, the challenge is, how do you live different, right? So, right, you endure patiently. You don't give up hope. You don't throw in the towel. You... You live every day confident that God is, on, that you are on the winning side. God has won. He is winning and he will win. So stop living in suspense. Stop living like you're playing sudden death overtime or you're living in prevent defense. Start living boldly, courageously, triumphantly and live victoriously. All right. So now let's jump back in. I got I to make another key point before I wrap this up. Jesus is speaking to the church in the city of Philadelphia, and he says, I am coming soon. I want you to know, the, like, not just like the ding, 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 the bout's about to start, but I'm coming, and I'm going to end this thing. That's what he's saying. I'm coming soon. It's all going to end really quick. Hold on to what you have, meaning keep being obedient, so that no one will take your crown, your crown of eternal life, your crown of living right before God. Him who overcomes... I will make a pillar in the temple of my God. Never again will he leave it. He's saying, I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. So long as you overcome, so long as you don't give up, so long as you keep getting back up, 
I will make you a pillar in the temple of God. Well, what's he saying here? Uh, he's writing to the church in the city of Philadelphia that was constantly rocked by earthquakes. And every, like they, were, they were constantly having to rebuild their city because things would just collapse. In historical accounts, nearly the only thing that ever stood when there was an earthquake is the pillars in their temple. And so he's making a reference to that. He goes, I want you to know that when you believe in me and you, you will overcome, and when you overcome, you will be like one of those pillars that stands even when everything else is shaking. He goes, I am a God who is unshakable. Your eternity is unshakable, and I want you to live with an unshakable faith. I want you to keep overcoming. I want you to stand strong. When everything else is shaken, I want you to keep overcoming. I want you to hold your ground. I want you to hold fast. I don't want you to lose faith. Keep overcoming. Stand strong. Be a pillar when everything else is shaken. You're not shaken. Don't you join in with every debate. Don't you get caught up in every little tinfoil hat wearing conspiracy and become part of the white noise of culture wars. I'm not saying we shouldn't vote. I'm not saying we shouldn't care about the issues. I'm not saying we shouldn't be passionate about sanctity of life issues. What I am saying is don't you dare get caught up in the, in the skirmishes of this world and you just become one of the lost, the many people who are just no different than everybody else. You keep overcoming. You keep your eyes on Christ. You keep your eyes on the victory. You keep your eyes on Jesus Christ who is the author and the finisher of our faith. You keep your eyes on the God who won, who's winning, and who will win. You keep your eyes on Jesus Christ. You keep overcoming because you know he knows what happened. He knows what's happening, and he knows what will happen. And so as a result, how do you live this out practically? Well, you keep overcoming. You keep getting back up. I don't care what knocks you down. You shine your light in the midst of the darkness. Look, here's the key, right? God is allowing it to get darker so that you can shine brighter. Too many of us have a little bit of a Napoleon complex especially within the church. So we look to politics, we look to the Supreme Court, we look to legislation to kind of save the day. Stop it. Again, I'm not saying you shouldn't vote or you shouldn't get involved. What I am saying is keep overcoming by being a light in darkness and the darker it gets, shine just a little bit brighter. Keep giving, keep serving, keep loving, keep being compassionate, keep being the life of Jesus in the chaos. You are the calming and compassionate force of God in a world that has gone bad. And here's what God promises. To those who overcome, he says, I will give you this. To him who overcomes, I will give the right to eat from the tree of life. To him who overcomes, uh, they will not be hurt at all by the second death. To him who overcomes, I will give some of the hidden manna. To him who overcomes, I will give authority over nations. Here you thought nations were at war and at crisis and God said, I'll give you authority. You don't have to live in fear. To him who overcomes, I will dress them in white righteousness and purity. To him who overcomes, I will make a pillar in the temple of my God. To him who overcomes, I will give the right to sit with me on my throne. This is your finest hour. You were made for this moment. There's a little passage in the Bible, in a, in a book written about a young woman who became a queen. And it was very confusing as to why she would ever become queen. And there's this little statement that says, you were, is it possible that you were put in that position of power for such a time as this? Is it possible that you've been given this small chapter in the window of history 
to be the light of Christ? Is it possible that you've been given this moment to shine bright, to show love, to serve compassionately, to live sacrificially? Yes, you are here not to retreat, not to cower, not to live in fear, not to get caught in the chaos, but to live boldly and confidently and victoriously, and you keep overcoming. You keep your head high when you're out, among everyone whose head is hung low in defeat, and then you bow your head in prayer before a God who is triumphant. So I'm gonna challenge you, would you close your eyes for a moment? Some of you, you need a little boost of confidence. Some of you, you've been living on the wrong side. Today, you're ready to take a bold step of commitment to say yes to Jesus as the victor in your life. You're ready to say yes to forgiveness of sin and yes to new life through faith in Jesus. And if that's where you're at right now, I'm going to ask you to do something crazy and bold. I'm going to ask you to put your hand up right now and say, yeah, that's me. I want that. I need that. I'm ready to make a commitment to faith in Jesus Christ. Come on, stick your hand up high. I don't want you to be afraid right now. Let me pray over you. Jesus, thank you for those that are saying yes to you by faith. They don't want to be a Loki here constantly going back and forth. They're ready to make a commitment to Jesus Christ. God, I thank you that you love us, that you are for us, that you stepped in and you saved the day. You are saving the day and you will ultimately save the day in the end. Thank you that you love us, that you forgive us of sin and you've given us new life through faith in you. Now. Every one of us, would you embolden us to live victorious by enduring patiently and that we would keep overcoming. We ask this now in Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to audio from Lifehouse Church. We believe that through Christ, life change happens here. So we invite you to connect with us further by visiting lifehousechurch.org.